Hey, Cask Chasers, we'll start the show in just a moment. But first, a word from our sponsor. Hey, everybody. Joshua Hatton with Impex Beverages here once again with you, once again with my wife. Hi. Hi. Hi, Da. Hi, Da. Hi, Da. Uh-huh. <laughs> I keep on offering you whiskey. Yeah, I wish you wouldn't. Yeah, and that I'm kind of getting that now. Uh-huh. Can I offer you a rum? Yes, you can. Okay. So the rum that I have in hand right now is called Blacktop. Mm. Yeah. It's delicious. Okay. Yeah. It's bottled at 46.2% alcohol. Okay. All right. It's non-chill filtered. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you know what that means? No. That's okay. We could just move on. Okay. Just, just know that it means it's keeping it more pure. Okay. All right. There's no additives. We don't add any sugar to the rum either. Phew. Right? That's good news. Yeah. Right? And... It's one of those rums that if you're a whiskey drinker like myself, mm-hmm. you could just sip and Bob's your uncle, happy days all day. That sounds fantastic. If you're not a whiskey drinker like I am, mm-hmm. maybe a bit more like yourself. Yeah, sure. You might want to put this into a drink. Yeah. Maybe make a little daiquiri out of it. I would love that. Should I go make us a couple of black tot daiquiris right now? That sounds fantastic. Yes, Boom. please. Cheers, babes. Cheers. Hey guys, it's Katie. And this is Aaron. And we don't have Bobby. What? Why not? I don't know. We better listen to this episode and find out what happened. We better. That's right. So pour a dram and settle in. This is the Cask Chasers Podcast. How's it going, buddy? It's it's going pretty good. Um, room feels a bit empty today, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, let me see how Bobby's doing. Maybe he's feeling the same. Oh, wait. Oh. There it is. He's not here. That's what it is. That jerk. That's what it is. Son of a bee. I know. We're missing Bobby today. Bobby's Bobby's taking some personal time. Yep. Probably meditating. Probably doing some yoga. He's probably He's definitely not doing either of those things. <laughs> Do you think he's still drinking whiskey? I 100% know he's drinking whiskey. Excellent. There's no doubt in my mind that he is absolutely drinking whiskey. Drinking whiskey in solidarity. Well, well, that's okay, because I know what we wanted to talk about today. This is actually something, Aaron, that you've been been asking us about for a while. It's it's one of it's one of those things, you know, you're you're a fan of whiskey, you like whiskey, and you get to a certain point and it's like, oh, uh, do you like do you like bourbon? Do you like scotch? There's a million bourbon groups on Facebook. There's a million scotch groups on Facebook. And then, you know, every once in a while, you've got somebody that says, oh, hey, have you tried this French whiskey? Have you tried this Welsh whiskey? Whatever. And I feel like I, the redheaded stepchild almost. I see what you're doing you there. You say, uh-huh, uh-huh. Teaser. The, the redheaded stepchild of the whiskey industry, at least enthusiasts, uh, is Irish whiskey. And people love it. Like, it's fantastic and people love it, but no one talks about it. Why do you think that is? Because, so, all right, this is going to come out loud and clear in this episode. I'm Irish. So, as most people know, if you have even a drop of Irish blood in you, you're going to be insanely proud of your Irish heritage and probably annoy people by how much you bring it up. So, I'll try and keep that under control here. 
But that's kind of why I asked the question why we don't talk about it more, because it's it seems like something exciting that you would want to dive into. So I think it gets pushed by the wayside because a lot of people think of Irish whiskey, they think Jameson. Really, that's mostly what people think of mm-hmm. is Jameson or, you know, the your real whiskey enthusiasts are generally passionate about usually either bourbon or scotch mm-hmm. uh, j- just because there's so much to choose from. And I mean, the United States has over 2000 distilleries it, 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 and you've got so many different variations in Scotland, such a rich history and all of that. But it's, a, oh, yeah, Irish whiskey. Right. That's a. Yeah, yeah, that's a good thing too. I remember yeah, try when this I was recently twenty-one and drinking whiskey, and I think that's a big part of it. Yeah. Also, is that's I I feel like it's what a lot of people start on is Irish whiskey of some sort. But uh, we actually were sitting down in the studio today, and I looked around at everything I brought, and I was like, I meant to bring Jameson. I didn't bring Jameson. The one thing that it's we're missing, the one, but it's the one thing that everybody's had. Everybody knows what Jameson tastes like, so um, we we don't necessarily have to have to dive into that. But yeah, there's at least in you know twenty eight. 2019 and probably today, Irish whiskey is one of the fastest, if not the fastest growing category of whiskey. And people tend to kind of lump it all together. And you know what? They do it with Canadian whiskeys too. We'll have to do a Canadian whiskey episode. The difference, (laughs) the difference though, is in the United States, we can get our hands on a lot of Irish whiskey. We can't get our hands on a whole lot of Canadian whiskey. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, that'll be a little bit more of a dig. So fun story. Um, I know in previous episodes, you know, you guys have talked about how, you know, a little bit of a love hate relationship with Jack Daniels, depending on the day. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, there's respect for Jack Daniels because it is a lot of people's gateway into whiskey. I'm one of those folks where Jameson was a gateway whiskey for me. Mm -hmm. I started really enjoying myself with my first like Jameson and Gingers at the bar, just, you know, enjoying time out with friends, stuff like that. But even going back further, but maybe not further. That would be complicated. But uh, <laughs> another side of my Irish whiskey enjoyment, there was a point where I I kind of wanted to break away from the Jameson pack a little bit because of exactly what you said earlier. Like everybody just thinks about Irish whiskey. Oh, it's Jameson your go-to. So that's when I started kind of randomly dabbling with some other options at my liquor store. And it was great because like you mentioned, you know, it's it's just so much more accessible. So before I even really started to venture into bourbon, I was like, okay, well, here's some Irish whiskeys that quite honestly, if for no other reason than some kind of emotional sentiment, like my people made this, I was willing to give it a shot. Well, yeah, and that's and I have I, I am somewhere of Irish descent as well, right, Christina? Yes. yes. Hi, Christina. Christina's in studio with yeah, us. And Christina, what what's the thing that you do? Ancestry.com. Christina digs into all that and she's found all of my Irish ancestry and she also has Scottish ancestry. So that's fun. Let's bust out in River Jance. No, I mean, we could. That's it's going to be interesting for an audio only <laughs> podcast. That's a thing that just happened. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so I, I leaned into it a, a little bit more um, once I discovered that. And again, everybody knows my scotch or bourbon my leaning is scotch Mm -hmm. and i had totally forgotten or maybe never been properly introduced to single malt irish whiskey which is 100 percent malted barley which is what scotch is and i mean there's just there's so much there um i'll get off my soapbox in a second (laughs) but like go get some irish whiskey and we're going to talk about a couple of them today on the show can i throw out some fun historical factoids i learned while researching irish whiskey you can sweet because, uh, yeah, so again, like, I always knew that I enjoyed different types of Irish whiskey. I've sampled a few different ones over the year. Z, 
Um, <laughs> but in getting ready for today's conversation, I think this was actually the first time that as someone with a more mature palate at this point in my life, I've actually dug back into learning what's the history behind Irish whiskey and what are the main distilleries and what are some of the the things that we talk about regarding scotch on a regular basis that I just hadn't re-educated myself on for Irish whiskey. So in my learnings, I found a couple cool things I want to throw out there. Point number one. So apparently the first ever mention of whiskey came from Ireland, not Scotland. Correct. Predated by 50 years, baby. Yeah, like almost no time difference, but yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey, it's documented. There is a difference. Those drunken monks, which is which is another thing that kind of stuck out. You know, I know we've talked about whiskey across the course of whiskey history being a medicinal item, right? Yep. And more of a tonic. And I just... I just think it's so funny because I've got like this Monty Python-esque skit of these monks just throwing stuff in a barrel and distilling it and being like, drink this, it'll make you feel better. That's exactly how it was. I, I, I imagine that that's exactly kind of how that went. I mean, we've got a handful here if we want to talk about yeah. a couple of them. W one thing, I'll, I'll dig into uh, definitions and, and that sort of thing real quick. So the overarching rule for Irish whiskey is it has to be distilled in Ireland, which makes a lot of sense, right? It does. Scot uh, scotch comes from Scotland and, you know, uh, bourbon and American spirits come from the U.S. So there are four different types of Irish whiskey that are regulated. I'm sure there's other stuff being made over there, but there's four different types. Um, one is the Irish blend, and that's what most people get started on. That's your Jameson. Um, there's a couple of other brands that do it, but basically it is a blend of more or less anything that is being distilled as whiskey in Ireland. So it can be, it can be malt, it can be other cereal grains, it can be any combination of that all blended together as distinct from a single malt, um, or a single grain, a blend would be something like that. And then there's single malt Irish whiskey, which Ooh. currently, I know, currently single malt Irish whiskey is my my go-to. I think three of the four that I have in front of us right now are actually Irish single malts. And that one is 100% malted barley. Basically the same ingredients that we're using to make scotch over in Ireland. After that is the single grain Irish whiskey, which is made from a single grain that is not malt. And then the last but not least is single pot still Irish. Drum roll. That, okay. That's my favorite. <laughs> right. So single pot still Irish. And that's your Red Breast is one of them. Um, there are a couple different brands of that. And that is basically, it's uh, made from, at a single distillery from a mixed mash of malted and unmalted barley and then distilled in a pot still. It is good stuff. I prefer that to most of the blends. Um, that I get. But then again, with like with anything, like with bourbon or like with scotch, there are some blends that are amazing. There are some single malts that are terrible, you know, and, and you still get the whole, it, it's its own whole world over there of rules, regulations, and different tastes. And we all, we tend to sort of lump everything together. Yeah. And I think too, it's going to depend on how you're drinking it, right? Like um, I was reading about how the blended whiskey varieties, maybe those are more what you tend towards if you're going to have a cocktail, because if it's already blended, it's going to adhere to the other ingredients and kind of get a more balanced drink, right? When I'm making a uh, an Irish coffee, nine times out of 10, I'm reaching for a blend. Often they are less expensive and they taste really good. But Jameson I've, does have a coffee whiskey. Yeah, they uh, like a cold, cold brew. brew. Mm. I got that. 
two St. Patrick's Days ago. Mm-hmm. And I've purposefully stopped myself from going back and buying more bottles because I think I would actually develop a habit if I let myself buy oh, them. Yeah. yeah. And that's a bad thing to have while you're pregnant, I think. So I've read. Yeah. But th- no, that stuff's really, I could drink that with a crazy straw. Like just give me the bottle, give me right. the crazy straw. Just it's gone. On ice. Yeah. Oh, that sounds really good on a hot summer day now. <laughs> Who needs iced coffee? That's right. Honestly, Jameson, they, you know, you've got your regular Jameson. You've got the Caskmate series. One is finished in a stout barrel. The other one's finished in an IPA barrel. And they're all really good. Bobby actually likes to drink those with Coke. And he says it sort of tastes almost like a Coke float, which it does. Let's talk about single pot, though. Or yeah. single pot stills. Okay. So I, I brought some red breast, 12 year. Yeah. Um, Red Breast, I think, is a pretty, pretty solid uh, distillery and some really great juice, as the kids say. Can uh, I paint everybody that's listening a picture before we get into the tasting of this, though? Oh, that was beautiful. So I really enjoy the pot still variety and single pot stills because, you know, the, the texture is a little bit different. Um, you get a little bit of a spicier taste to it sometimes, or it just has some different... I would say stronger notes that I particularly look for when I'm enjoying a spirit. I like the personality to stand on its own. And um, so I, you know, with that in mind, I tried a couple, I think Green Spot was the first one that I'd ever tried. Mm-hmm. And that was like a luxury experience in and of itself. But when I first had this Red Breast 12, we were actually at a Cask Chasers holiday fundraiser dinner where we had different courses that had just been matched whiskey to the dish that was there. And we had this Red Breast 12 with it was like beef stew or the beef pot roast, something like it that. It was like, yeah, it, there, there was some venison stew. Was it with the venison stew? Yes. I don't remember. Yes, it yeah. was. Thank you. So this beautiful cut of meat that just melted in your mouth like butter. And then on top of it, we get this red breast 12 and Bobby and Aaron are standing up in front of the crowd and they're talking to everybody about the tasting notes. And I completely tuned them out because I was just eating this delicious food and the red breast 12 was just like, I don't know. Ambrosia just complimenting it. It was a great pairing. I really like it. So that's that you hit the nail right on the head with the single pot still. It's got a, a usually its profile has more of a spiciness than a lot of your other uh, Irish whiskeys, whether that be the single malt or the or the blended. Um, but yeah, it, it's always got a little more spiciness. I I don't want to say like a rye spice because it doesn't. It doesn't taste like rye, but it's got sort of a, a pepperiness. And it, I'm, I'm not nosing it or tasting it at all right now. But this this is sort of the flavor profile you can expect. And a lot of people think that Irish whiskey is boring, and it's just not. If, if you think Irish whiskey is boring, get yourself something that's a single pot still, and it's it's a whole different ballgame. Also, this is the first whiskey I've smelled in about a month since our, our last podcast recording. And it's just putting me in a happy place. Good. Katie over here is drinking like a sailor. She's really, she's really uh, throwing it back. I don't know what that means for the child that's going to come out of her um, in the next how many, however many months. But it I mean, means it's going to have the palate of a fifty-six year old. <laughs> the kid, the kid comes out. He's got a beard. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> So, so, Aaron, what are you getting on the notes here? Well, and I, I'm interested. I'm interested to he- to hear about uh, what you're getting on the nose, also, because apparently pregnant women have super duper super powered smells and all that sort of thing. But. It has been obnoxious in certain instances over the past few weeks, but mm-hmm. this is pleasant. So, all right. So, so just getting into this, one of the things that I like the most about Irish whiskey when I tip into it, and and one of the reasons it's historically been a go to, is it's just a very clean, refreshing scent to it, right? Um, I think it's it's a lot brighter 
than some of the other bourbons or whiskeys that, you know, ultimately I enjoy because again, you get that that character in the palate. But there's just something about, you know, nosing an Irish whiskey, sipping on an Irish whiskey that is very uplifting because it's full of those brighter, maybe more citrus notes. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's, it's definitely got that. It's definitely got citrus notes brighter with having a little bit of that peppery tingle to it on the nose. I will, I will taste some of this as um, I'm allowed to. So on the on the palate for this, I actually get I, I actually get a nice butteriness, but it's not like a real heavy butter. It's it's like a almost like um clarified butter for for la- for lack of a, a better Ooh, term, you know, like a, like a clarified butter. Yeah. I get more of those baking spices, almost like a gingerbread, but it still has those light notes, that fruitiness that's sort of following it the whole way through. Do you know what it's reminding me of? This is something that I I love to cook. I love cooking in the fall with those types of like seasonal flavors. And one of the things that I like to make with um, like boneless pork ribs, for example, or, you know, good roast, I like to saute um, like Fuji apples or maybe a brighter, crisper apple with butter, with a little bit of apple cider, and then maybe like a dash of brown sugar or something like that. And this is kind of smelling to me like, um, you know, like you get the the brightness of something like a Fuji apple that is a little bit crisper, juicier, spritelier. Mm-hmm. And then with the cut and just a tiny bit of acidity and sweetness of the cider so i, I cider definitely get that. Yeah, yeah yeah i definitely i definitely get that and that wasn't something that i had thought of while i was tasting it but mm-hmm. it's definitely got a cider sort of note to it you get like the mellowness just like a little bit of that brown sugary like the familiar vanillas and brown sugar coming through at the end too yeah, and and this one like i said it's got a lot of those you know sugar vanilla those sort of notes to it but it doesn't taste like a bourbon because usually you you bring those things up, you know, brown sugar, molasses, all that. And it's it's this bourbon. It's this very sort of, you know, like American sort of taste to it. And it's <laughs> definitely not that. It's got a lot of those notes, but that, like you were saying, those sort of lighter aspects sort of pull it up and, and away. Yeah. The, the, the fruit sort of pulls it up away from that. It's really refreshing. I think, yeah. and I—I I mean, I, I really dig it. It's playful. It wakes you up too. You yeah. Know? I just did a little. I just did a little. You know, taste and spit. How dare you? I know. I know. Somebody's going to take this child away from me before it's even born. <laughs> um, no, but I think one of the hallmarks that I've always really enjoyed about Irish whiskey too, and it comes through beautifully in this Red Breast Twelve. You know, it's um, uh, we've we've talked about the Tennessee Hug before, right? And kind of that kind of hits your throat a bit. Mm-hmm. I definitely get a lighter cousin of that more in like the side taste buds of my jaw yeah. when I take yeah when I taste Irish yeah whiskey. okay yeah and I, it's it's not unpleasant it's like <laughs> the drink is reminding you hey I'm here and then it's enjoyable it it you know it wakes you up it's playful a hundred percent and speaking of uh bourbons and a Kentucky hug we're gonna take a quick break for our word from our sponsor and we'll be right back Hey Chasers, Aaron here. I wanted to talk about our sponsor, Wilderness Trail Distillery. If you want a great whiskey without the fake legends and made-up history, try some Wilderness Trail Fine Kentucky Bourbon. It's made by master distiller Shane Baker and fermentation expert Pat Heiss, who you've heard on the podcast, at their distillery in Danville, Kentucky. They make a weeded bourbon, a high rye bourbon, and a Kentucky-grown rye whiskey. Wilderness Trail is offered in bottled in bond or cask strength. It's non-chill filtered, and the mash bill is on the side of every bottle, so you know what you're buying. This is real information. 
Not some magical recipe or who Shane's great-great-grandpa is. I'm telling you, keep an eye out for Wilderness Trail in your favorite store. If you happen to see a barrel pick or special release of Wilderness Trail on the shelf at your store, grab it. It's not going to last long. If you want more information, check them out online at wildernesstraildistillery.com. So we're back, and I just want to say, Aaron, I think we should both be very proud of ourselves for not dropping more terrible Irish accents in this episode so far. I hadn't even <laughs> thought of it, and now that's ah! going to be the entire rest of the episode. So this next one we've got here. <laughs> have you ever seen Have you ever seen like the compilation of uh, news anchors and weather people after St. Patrick's Day? Just like every single one, by faith and Picara, top of the morning, and it's it's the most like nails on a chalkboard and also endearingly hilarious no i have not <laughs> seen this but i 100 percent obviously believe it's a thing and now i need to see it so that is what i will be googling youtube it you know what like, let's take a break real quick and, I, and i'll google it now so what do you think it's pretty funny <laughs> excellent all right so um we're talking we're still talking irish whiskey obviously this next one we're going to get into what what do you know about uh the sexton so Sexton, I have to say, this was one of the first whiskeys I ever tasted with you and Bobby back when I was joining the podcast. And it was funny because I just had this impression of this very like funereal looking bottle on the shelf, which caught my attention because I I wouldn't necessarily say I'm a bottle chaser, but I do appreciate, you know, good design and stuff that stands out. And this one definitely does. It's got this, what is this? Two, four, six hexagonal yeah. shape to it. Proud of you. Look at that. Remembering <laughs> my geometry. And it's got this beautiful black label with this just very shiny kind of copper, almost like apothecary looking mm. feel to it. So I know the, the folks at Sexton were really excited for us to try it. And um, I remember really enjoying it. Yeah. So uh, some, someone at the Sexton reached out to me probably like a year ago at this point. And I, I I wanted to make sure that we were actually able to taste it and talk about it on the episode here. Uh, number one, this is this is this was given to us uh, by a rep from uh, the Sexton. So thank you, thank you. So uh, the you, you know there there is there is that uh, most of what we taste and try we've purchased on our own, um, but this was given to us uh, by a rep of the set of the Sexton, and we we always want to be transparent about that. The first time I saw this bottle, I thought it was a tequila. <laughs> Because of the shape and the skull? Because of the shape and the skull. So there's a skull. If you look at it for more than three seconds, you're like, obviously, this is not a tequila. But I just, it was a wonky shape and there was a skull, but the skull's wearing a top hat. So like maybe not tequila, but- A little classier than that. A little classier. This was one of the first um, Irish single malts that I had. And to me personally, being someone who generally prefers a scotch to more or less anything else- I I, re- I really dig it. Pretty decent price point as far as affordability as well. I want to say between thirty and forty bucks, um, wherever you get it, and I mean pretty solid. And this one is finished in a sherry cask too, right? So mm. that falls in line with the. This is more of a Scotch tasting right, or feeling right. Irish whiskey. And this one is distilled in copper pots as well. Um, it's not a. It's not the a single pot still because it, it is a single malt. So it that's what qualifies it is that it's a hundred percent malted barley. Fun bottle. Um, I was a little nervous to pour it at first just because of the shape of the bottle, but I've never had it splash everywhere. So it, it it's a bottle that 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 looks like you're going to spill something. And so far, I have not spilled something from it. Let's talk about the nose for a second. So I'm definitely getting a lot more herbal and kind of earthy than mm. when we were tasting the red breast. 
Yeah, def- definitely more of that umami nose, if you will. Ooh, fancy. Yeah, I don't know. I know. Definitely more earthy notes. Um, you get if if you're if you're a single malt fan, you get that malted barley on the nose. And this might just because Christine and I have been talking about it a lot. I get almost like a like an oat milk on the nose there. Oat maybe maybe it's it's an oatish type type nose to it. Maybe the barley milk is barley milk a thing? Maybe that's what barley I mean, milk smells like. We've got almond milk, coconut milk, soy milk. I'm sure barley milk is. Someone find me barley milk. <laughs> we'll go to Trader Joe's after this. That's right. Tra- <laughs> we'll go to Trader Joe's find barley milk. Maybe barley milk. I don't know, but mm. it, it's got that sort of. It it definitely has that. You can sort of smell that particular grain of the yeah. malt of the malted barley. So I'm getting I'm getting as I tend to do uh, something a little bit crazier, a little bit on the edge in the nose for this mm. one. So I was kind of nosing around a little bit. I just have a very small amount in my glass, you know, anyway, because I'm not really drinking. But when I finally latched on to something that was familiar to me, it was um, cedar sticks. And I don't know if you guys have ever tried to like light a candle using one of these. It, no, well, so I, I'm very familiar it, with the aroma of cedar yeah. as it is, and I've smelled burning cedar. So yeah. I, 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 I assume that it's kind of, and I, I think you're spot on with that. It's something, and it kind of threw me back as we always talk about whiskey doing to when I used to, I used to do historical reenactment in like 1770 time frame American frontier. You weren't there doing the reenactment at that point. You were reenacting it later. Wasn't spirit. It was uh, fun. Okay, okay. Yeah. But I, yeah, it was it was a really cool spot. You and, look fantastic um, for your age, is what I'm saying. Thanks, I drink the blood of the youth. So when I used to do colonial reenactment, one of the things that you would do to light the candles, if you wanted to be like fancy about it, like if guests were coming over, there were these very long, thin, like almost two pieces of paper thin um, cedar sticks that we would use, and you would light the one side of it with the fireplace or fire from the fireplace, and then that would be a slow, very aromatic burn that you would then take over to, um, you know, the candles that you were trying to light. And so you you got this kind of light smokiness, bit of the fireplace smoke along with the cedar. And then after you actually blew that out after lighting the candle, that kind of lingered with the cedar stick itself that you had in your hand and you'd you know, save it because they were good for a couple of times. So. I find a, the, a lot of the notes in this are things that are like we Bobby and I talk about sort of like where he and I coincide on palette, what we agree on. There's certain things he likes that I don't. There's certain things I like that he doesn't. But this has a lot of the things that we sort of agree on. So you've got like a dried dark f- dark fruit flavor mm-hmm. um, there on the palate. Very much. Whether that's, you know, a, a raisin, a currant or something of that nature. I, I get a lot of nuttiness throughout. And I know you're not, you know, throwing this back or anything. But um, like almost like a like a pecan or like a some sort of nut butter almost to it. It's vi- it's very satisfying. Barley milk, nut butter. Bar bar malted barley milk, nut butter. I bacon with whiskey and Aaron Pross. That's right. <laughs> it's gonna be some terrible recipes. It's just it's it's literally just throwing ingredients into into yeah. some sort of pan while drinking. I yeah. get what you're saying though. In in all seriousness, because for as much as the red breast we were tasting was bright and was cidery, citrusy, light, sprightly, you know, all these fun words that are kind of evocative of, you know, some some Irish mythology maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, this one definitely is a, it's a bit of a dark side of the moon versus, you know, and and it's really nice to kind of see that there can be that much complexity in Irish whiskey as well, even if it's something that's that's not your, what you would originally think of in terms of an Irish whiskey. I still, I still get that, you know, very specific uh, side of the jaw taste bud 
kind of yeah. reminder of what you're drinking after yeah. this one, though. So well, and there's kind of cool and there's there, there's definitely so, so it it has it has a lot of those Scotch notes um, that if you're a Scotch drinker and you haven't really done Irish whiskey, I definitely recommend the Sexton or any uh, single malt Irish whiskey. Don't let the E in the word throw you off. It's it's still good. Can we talk about that for a yeah, second? Yeah, yeah. All right. So whiskey with an E, right? Yeah. Um, that's generally gonna be. Irish influence, at least. Really, in honestly, in the United States, there is no regulation that says you have to do with an E or with a Y. Um, but most of your Irish whiskeys, generally, as a rule, are going to start are going to have an E in them, W H I S K E Y, and most of your scotches are not going to have that E, W H I S K Y, and it's just uh, a lot of it is sort of. Um, you know, from the from the whichever version of the get whether it was the Irish Gaelic or the Scots Gaelic that it came from, um, but most of the whiskey that you see on the shelf that does not have any started its lineage from sort of a Scottish standpoint, and most of the whiskey with an E started from an Irish standpoint. So I haven't double triple sourced this. I haven't extensively fact checked this piece, but this was another historical factoid I found in looking up Irish whiskey. Yep, and I found somewhere. That at one point in time, kind of earlier on when Irish whiskey was on its first boom and really catching pace across um, Britain, across the colonies, first starting to, you know, kind of be carried over to the the American colonies at the time, it was perceived as a higher quality whiskey than Scotch whiskey. So there was a note saying that the E versus, you know, E in an Irish whiskey or a descendant versus no E in a Scotch whiskey was to signify, hey... This is the higher quality stuff that you should pay for versus that Scottish swill. Sure, and and that very very well may be a thing. A lot of your American distillers were both of uh, Scottish and Irish descent. I think more of your distillers that started leaning into bourbon and that sort of thing um, were uh, more of Irish descent as well. Having said that, I still prefer Scotch. So, real quickly, speaking what? of Irish and Scotch, speaking whiskey of Irish crossovers. and Scotch, ri- Scotch whiskey. All right. All right, Katie. I'm Yes, I'm, yes, I'm, Aaron. I'm a scotch drinker, but <gasps> I only drink peated scotch. I like it really smoky. I like, you know, just that bang of peat. Who in the face. are you? I what am I going to what am I going to do? I can't drink Irish whiskey. There's nothing for me. You know what I'd say to you? What? Aside from the fact that I'm sounding like a commercial right now, <laughs> I would say to you that boy, you should try something that actually combines exactly what you're talking about with the peatiness and the smokiness and Irish whiskey. So I'm going to tell you to try Connemara peated single malt Irish whiskey, which we just so happen to have here with us today. Right. So I'm not going to dive into it and actually taste it right <laughs> now. But to be totally honest, this is one of my favorite Irish whiskeys. It's, it, it is peated. It's a peated single malt Irish whiskey. And it's just it's really nice. It's got that nice peated nose. If you can find some, pick it up just to try it, to be totally honest. It took me a while to be able to actually find it. Uh, nice. Um, I heard about it. I said, let me give this a try. And I finally found it. And it's it's nice. It's got a lot of really sweet notes to it. You could probably even see that on the nose. Um, it's got a whole lot of sweetness to like it. A, a sweet peat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, I really dig it. I don't want to dive deep into it or anything right now. But yeah, Connemara. You can recognize it not just by the fun name, but I'm I'm just looking at the bottle here, and uh, so we're in a you know our podcast studio with overhead lighting, and I I want to take a picture and post this for you guys because the bottle itself is this beautiful emerald glass, and the way the light is hitting the whiskey through it, it there's almost like this light of neon green 
that just circles it. I mean, it's it's beautiful. It looks like, you know, green fairy of Irish whiskey. Absolutely. <laughs> Huge fan of the Connemara. Oh, also, guys, have a look sometime at our show notes page. Christina has started compiling show notes. She's thanks, like, Christina. Thanks, Christina. Um, she's actually now working backwards um, into previous shows, and she's spending many hours, many, many nights doing that. Without getting paid, so high five to Christina for paid that. Paid in love and affection from all of us. <laughs> Usually within the day or the following day of the episode actually going up, uh, you'll see show notes at our website, which is caskchasers.org, which we're constantly changing. There's constantly things being added to it. But go to the menu. There should be something that says Cast Chasers Podcast, and that'll take you to all the episodes. Just go to whatever the episode number is, and more or less any whiskey that we talk about or try on the episode, she'll have a link so you can see what the bottle looks like, maybe even see where to buy it. And here's the good news. When it comes to the show notes for this episode, you can read all about the whiskey that we've tasted and talked about today without having to hear our terrible Irish accents in the background. That's right. And we, we <laughs> barely did any I Irish accents. We got through that whole episode. So where, where can people find us, Katie? Well, there are a couple of places that they can find us. Should I do this in an accent? I feel like there needs to be some. Yeah, why not? I mean, we, we've, we, we we've barely today? done it this episode, so you might as well. All right. Apologies in advance to all of our Irish listeners. We love you, and this is done out of admiration and respect for what you do. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Cask Chasers. Check out our swag shop on Etsy for official Cask Chasers shirts, hoodies, glasses, and merch every whiskey enthusiast is sure to love. And if you still haven't had enough of the podcast, you can peruse our library of episodes and show notes at castchasers.org, just as young Aaron said. Awesome. Do I still have a job? Y yeah, you're fine. <laughs> you're fine. You're our boss. So yeah, absolutely. Yes. All right. Well, I guess that's it for right now. Yeah. That's it. That's we're it. We're going to okay. sign off, guys. Right, so we're sign off. until we're back with our next wonderful, entertaining, informational episode, just remember it's not about finding the perfect dram, it's all in the chase. You and look um, fantastic for your age, is what I'm saying. Thanks. I drink the blood of the youth. Um, This is a fun episode. Uh, yeah, so... <laughs> I was trying so hard. I was trying so hard to just let you keep going. And then you and Christina made eye contact and it was all downhill from there. I was there. trying so hard to just let you keep going and like that just be like a throwaway and like people go, what? What did she say? But I, could, I couldn't Is hold it Is that a symptom together. of pregnancy? Oh, God. <laughs> the best thing is we're laughing about it now, so. So you drank the blood of the youth yeah. and, then you, and then you had some uh, whiskey with a skull on it. Go on. Exactly. You know, Sexton Irish whiskey, communing with the undead. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Feel free to take that, guys. Thanks for the whiskey.